Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, as they have had this connection with uh, uh, the Sokarams and the ministry of Maoz, uh, the Sokarams, of course, uh, Rabbi Ari and Shira Sokaram, they uh, founded the ministry of Maoz in, in, in Tel Aviv in Israel. It's just such an amazing ministry with so many different things. And I'd, uh, I, I'd tell you more, but I'll, I'll let them share a little bit. But also, I know with time and everything, I want to let them have as much time as possible. But, uh, but Ari and Shira, of course, uh, their children or their daughter, Shani, and, and her husband, Kobe, recently took over the ministry of Maoz. Very, very excited about this passing down uh, to the next generation. In fact, when they came and visited us last November, I think it was October, November, it was just about to officially uh, happen. Well, it has happened now, and, and they're leading now the ministry of Maoz, and I just absolutely love that ministry, and I love receiving their newsletters, which are, I think, some of the most insightful in Israel. You know how you get newsletters or mail from ministries, and all the whole thing is just nothing but asking for money every single time. That's not the Maoz newsletter. And it's, it's always a blessing. It's informative. I've learned a lot from it over the years. And, and, and more than that, of course, the, all that they do over there. So uh, Kobe and Shani, I, I don't know if I'm asking both of you to come up here. Or yes, both of you come on up here. And, uh, and we want to receive something from the Lord from these two. Let's give them a hand. Kobe and Shani, everybody. <laughs> shalom, shalom. So, you know, we come down south, we can say shalom, y'all. And you know, and we don't get the funny looks, right? We get the thumbs up. So my wife has some things she wants to share, but, you know, I just thought it was, you know, incumbent upon me to mention to uh, Shalev, is he in the back uh, warming up for his last round? He's, he's, he's a, the starter and the closer for tonight. So, you know, this is in Israel, it's Tuba Av, which is the 15th of Av, which is our version of, like, Valentine's Day. Yom Ahava. Shalev, you have your bar mitzvah on Yom Ahava. You know, and I just thought about that. Is there some kind of prophetic significance to that? Or is the Lord saying he's like the Messianic Don Juan? Or the Casanova of Bethalel? So I'm just going to say this before my... Beloved bride, Shani, shares, Shalev, Yom Mahava. Maybe you got some uh, people, some candidates uh, for you to charge um, and commend for the future. Uh, you know, so ladies, he, he's, he's on the, in the process, uh, you know, and so start looking at Shalev for the future. 
Shalev, you can also look. You can say, okay, Lord, is it that one? Is it that one? So start picking for your Yom HaVad to come. So we do, we, but all seriousness, uh, you're, I, I did think about it. I said, this, this is a, a man, I was almost said boy, a young man of peace ever since we've known you. I don't know, I've just only known him his whole life. So I feel to, to say this, you're, you're a loving, loving man of God, and it's a blessing and honor to be here on your special day. I mean, what would you say if someone told our 13-year-old son to go look for girls? Hi. You can get him back, because when we have a bar mitzvah, you can be like, Shh, Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we are short on time, so I'm going to sh like go through this really quickly, but I do have a few things on my heart I did want to share with you. I will say that some of these things are things that uh, I write about my mother in 67, when she moved to Israel and Israel, uh, Jerusalem had just been returned into the hands of the Jewish people, she thought to herself as uh, she was establishing the vision for Moe's, and then my father came in, in the mid-70s, they got married and founded Moe's in 1976, and really her thought was, what can I give back to people because there are people that are supporting what we're doing here, and it's, you know, they're, they're from far, far away, and like, what, what is it that we can offer to the nations, obviously we're serving and ministering in Israel, and essentially that is what uh, she concluded was that she can write from a perspective in Israel on the ground, and we have you know 45 years of just insight, and uh, I've actually been writing my parents' story since January, since the transfer uh, transition uh, was official, and, and we took over Mo's. I really wanted people to know their story. Context to me is everything, and so understanding why we're able to do what we do because they've been working for 45 years is, is important. And so since January, we've been pulling out old newsletters and just kind of looking at different things that happened. And it's just very, very fascinating to see Israel grow and develop and the body grow and develop simultaneously alongside ma'oz. So ma'oz means strength. Ma'oz, everyone say ma'oz. It means strength. And that was really the vision they had from the very beginning was to build a strong body of believers in Israel because we believe that is the best witness that we can offer people when we say God is good, he has a covenant, he wants to be with his people, here's the evidence, here's the body. So uh, in any case, um, I'm going to share a little bit. Oh, so I was saying all that to say that I do write about these things, but I am going to breeze through them right now. But um, the last several months in Israel, if you have been following it all on the news, have been a bit bumpy, shall we say, interesting. Everyone always says, you know, why don't you want to live in America? Because it's just not as interesting as Israel is. So, um, but we had a nice military operation. Sorry, my English has suffered not traveling to the States and just being in Israel with the COVID and everything. Um, but uh, we had a, a military operation. We don't call them wars until they get really bad. Otherwise, we'd just be in like one constant war. So it's just a battle or a operation. Um, and this latest one was significant. This is for you praying people. Um, and, you know, you know, when you watch the news, you're not getting the full background story. We had uh, one of our staff members was up and 
sent to the reserves. We were in the middle of a project. Actually, this uh, concert project was about to uh, go out for Shavuot, and he just disappeared. And he's like, yeah, sorry, Air Force, got to go. Can't, you know, up all night, that kind of thing. Um, and we had uh, rockets fired near our home. We live near Jerusalem, and of, of course, um, we... Uh, don't, we don't have a bomb shelter in our house. It's an older house and uh, we have a stairwell because if you've been to any houses in Israel, most of them are built like bomb shelters anyway, especially the older ones, crooked walls and stuff, but they're very strong. And um, in any case, so six o'clock, uh, Muhammad Def, if you guys were following back in the, I don't think they actually talked about it here before because they only talk about things after Israel fires back on Gaza. But in any case, Muhammad Def was in Gaza and there were riots in Jerusalem. And Muhammad said, uh, he's the number one most wanted person in Gaza who Israel has attempted to take out several times. And they haven't taken him out because they're trying to take him out without taking out a bunch of other people at the same time. Otherwise, he would already be discussing matters with his maker. But in any case, um, Rockets come. Uh, I'm sorry. The siren goes off because he said by six o'clock, if you guys don't, you know, get your police, get the Israeli police off the Temple Mount, I'm going to fire on Jerusalem, which most people know firing on Jerusalem is very stupid. Every once in a while, the, the people forget and they fire on Jerusalem. So it is rare, but it does happen. And siren goes off at six o'clock. I pull into the, the driveway and it's six Oh two actually. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that he was going to fire at six o'clock. So anyway, I get in and, um, we have 90 seconds to make it to our secure area. Uh, and I have five kids. So 90 seconds, five kids. I just run out of the car, left the car running, found that out like 35 minutes later after <laughs> Kobe went outside. He's like, you left the car running out. So I was like, well, we had 90 seconds. So Go, um, and we could hear the boom, 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 like right next to our house. So I don't have the picture here, but we did uh, have some fall, uh, one fall, uh, really uh, several fall in the area, but one fell just a few hundred yards from our house. Interestingly enough, a couple days before, someone had sent us an email, and you know, people outside of Israel didn't know that there was the tensions. Um, we knew, but... They didn't know, and they sent us a, a, uh, an email saying, hey, we were praying that, you know, missiles wouldn't hit your house, <laughs> which is like, okay, okay, thank you. That's random, but thank you. And really, if you looked at where Gaza is and where our house is, it fell short just a few hundred yards from our house. So for all of you guys who are praying and you feel like random things to pray for people in Israel, by all means, pray those random prayers. You just <laughs> never know. Um so that was the one thing. The other thing is we got a lot of uh, calls and emails and Facebooks about the political situation. We usually don't get into the, to politics in our writings. Uh, my perspective is the government is not going to save us. And Maoz is there to see the salvation of the Jewish people from the ground up. Obviously, we vote. We pray for our leaders. We don't take that for granted that we live in a free country and we're able to do that, but we just don't spend long, long, you know, writing uh, tons and tons of articles. Having said that, because we had so many people ask us about it, I will just shortly say we are not afraid of our new government. Don't be afraid for us. There were a lot of things that people liked about Netanyahu, and that's great. There were a lot of people who are believers in Israel who suffered uh, under his leadership because he gave a lot of authority to the Orthodox Jews. And in fact, 
the day after the new government was established, which has plenty of its own problems, but it, so did Netanyahu. Um, the day after they were established, uh, the court passed a ruling in favor of Tiferet Yeshua. It was actually a court ruling that my parents filed in 2012, and they decided in favor of the Messianic Jews. And so God can use any government to do what he wants to do. So amen. So be encouraged. My last point is really uh, want to discuss Israel. And when people think of Israel, they usually think of land, where Jesus walked, where, you know, it's beautiful hills. And then people who are slightly more uh, involved or familiar with Israel will realize that it's a people, right? You look over there, these are the descendants of Israel. But I want to take it even one step further because the people who live there are the continuation of the story that God started, and he said it would continue, and it does, because everything he says happens at, on his own schedule, but it does happen. But Israel is a character trait. And I want to bring this up because, you know, I really feel that the more we understand about Israel, the more we understand about God, because we see how he interacts with Israel. And, you know, if you think about Jacob... I don't know if you guys have ever hired anyone or had to hire anyone for your job or been looking for people. Jacob would not have been my number one pick if I was looking for an employee. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of shady. All these, okay. But here's the thing with Jacob. Jacob, of all his flaws, understood that the blessing of God was the number one thing that you should pursue. And he was willing to do anything to get it. And maybe some of the ways he went about doing it weren't exactly great, but he didn't care because he understood that the blessing from God is the thing we should be most passionate about and pursue with everything we have. And you follow his life, which is bumpy, and he suffered for it, and then you have this moment where he's wrestling with God. And I don't know why he's wrestling with God, because like at some point you're kind of wondering, like, did they get in an argument? Is he like, I'm going to hang out, and I'm not going to hang out? But at some point, the sun is coming up, and this angel of the Lord says, I got to go, okay? And Jacob, who already has this character trait, says, not until I get the blessing and God is so impressed with this, okay? Now think of all the things that he's done wrong in his life. He's so impressed with this. He not only changes his name from Jacob, right, the heel grabber, to Israel, the man who wrestled with God and prevailed. He changes his own name to the God of that guy. And what he's trying to say is, if you want me, that's the kind of guy I'm looking for, or gal. He is almost, I would say he's more concerned that you won't pursue him, that you'll be apathetic, that you'll sit back with, you know, que sera, sera. That scares him more than your imperfect pursuit of him.
than your deep passions and you crying out to him in a non-perfect way. He's not scared of your deepest desires. He's not scared of your passions and the things that you want, but you don't even know how to put them into words. So I would encourage you that the God of Israel that you serve is looking for a guy like that. Amen. Amen. Shaleb, before you come up, just wanted to share a few thoughts actually from your Haftorah portion. It just really struck me a few things uh, before I share. Just as a reminder, we do have some materials in the back. If any of you would like to know and get information from Israel, actually things that you would never know in a million years unless you were born and raised there, you know. So, yes, she has taken the mantle from her mother who wrote uh, this um, basically like a little magazine for 45 years, the Ma'oz Israel Report. We have the music available that you saw. So if you want to connect with us and to have an ongoing uh, connection to the land through Ma'oz, we would love to uh, see how we can help you with that. The passage just really struck me in Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your Lord. Speak kindly to the heart of Jerusalem, verse 2, and proclaim to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, for he, she has received from Adonai's hand double for all her sins. Then I begin to think through the passage, you know, to comfort, to comfort, to speak tenderly and kindly, as uh, says in Hebrew. But thinking about what's happening in our modern day era regarding Israel and Jerusalem, that to speak to the heart of Jerusalem, this is a very fascinating passage, speak to the heart of this people that her warfare has ended. Now, this isn't going to actually fully happen until Messiah returns. I mean, we, we talked about warfare. Well, you know, rockets hitting near your home and uh, and unfortunately, this last round, we lost more lives than we actually do when Gaza uh, fires. The missiles that they are, the rockets that they fire are actually uh, more um, upgraded, I'll just say, uh, from years past. So every passing year, there's a little bit more of an ability to touch into the center and to the, to, into the nation of Israel and to do damage. Israel's response is usually quite um, intense. Actually, one of our friends actually said uh, before that we released our response, that's all I'll call it, they said, please pray for the Gazans. It's about to get a little intense for them. And so we meant that with all prayer, but we have to respond when our children are being fired upon. So comfort, 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 speak to the heart. I love it. It's Hebrews, it says the very thing, the lev, the heart of Jerusalem. And then it goes into this passage that many of you know that it's a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the coming of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight a desert and a highway. So I've been pondering this verse for many, many decades and just thinking about what, you know, I've heard the prophetical people teach about it. I've heard from different circles about preparing the way, but I started doing some research on it. 
And I, I never realized that this was actually an angel. Maybe I was late to the ball game. A lot of you realized it, but uh, you weren't there to, to show me. So I'll, uh, I'll share what I learned. I learned that this is an ancient practice that happened by monarchs and, and uh, the um, pharaohs and, and the leaders and the rulers in these ancient times that they would literally sometimes they would have millions or thousands of workers and slaves at their disposal to make straight paths, literally, as it says in Hebrew, um, in the deserts. And, and these pretty pampered kings and queens and pharaohs, they didn't want to go over bumpy roads. I said, well, we kind of do the same thing nowadays. Maybe even it's more symbolic or traditional. We roll out the red carpets, right? I mean, even here, you wouldn't have stuff in the middle. Eva would have got, you know, irate and upset and said, on my son's bar mitzvah, we're going to move things out of the way, right? We need a clear path for Shalev, for the, for the young prince to come up, right, Eva? So we would have prepared the way, and we have. And you've done an excellent job, Ima. I've seen the work you've done for this bar mitzvah. It's been incredible. So we prepare the way for earthly kings, and the Lord is saying the same thing, something that they would have understood, and probably, unfortunately, many of them who were at service and put to work to do this very same thing in ancient uh, Israel and in, in Canaanite areas and all those. So they knew what this was. They knew that when you prepared a way, and sometimes it's literally fascinating if you read about it, they would raise whole areas up, and they would bring down areas low and they would make a path straight he would say but can't the lord we're now now we're talking about adonai not the princes and not the little peons of this world that think they're in charge of everything we're actually talking about hamelech ha, the, the one and only adonai couldn't he just like knock things out of the way you know it's like what is it what's this big deal that we have to we have to do it for you and he's like yes I will do my part to come in glory if you do your part to prepare the way. This is a message about Israel. I love the word of the Lord. It can be, it's, it is a multifaceted dynamic when the Lord speaks. It is simultaneously to us personally, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whatever your background is. And he can give a word specifically to Israel and it can yet still have connotations to all of our lives personally. So I want you to hear both dynamics here. And what really struck me was witnessing the work of uh, my superheroes in the faith, honestly, my mother and father-in-law, seeing what they did over the years to prepare the way for the Lord and people's lives. And I was just walking in here uh, today with a, with a bunch of stuff and somebody opened the door, somebody moved something out of the way. And I just said, isn't that interesting? Sometimes the very little acts of kindness and help in our lives uh, can be huge demonstrations and very powerful to help us reach a goal. Somebody could just say, okay, let me just help you with this. Oh, you need a job? You need a place to live? You need a place to sleep? Sometimes we need to tear things down that are, that are really over people's lives that they can't figure out and solve, but you can just easily come in and just do something from your heart and from your abundance and what the Lord has given you. And then sometimes we need, okay, we don't have this, but we need to build it up. We need to, we need to see something accomplished. There, there's a big 
gulf here. Well, it's going to take some time, but we need to fill that thing up because we need a straight path. And we don't want people teetering along the way. That's what the Lord has called all of us to. The preparing a highway for the Lord is not just some kind of uh, obtuse, abstract, prophetical concept that none of us can conceive or comprehend. It is a very practical thing in all of our lives. And some people need, I love the example, every valley will be lifted up. This is verse 4. Every mountain and hill will be made low, and the rough ground be made a plain road, and the rugged terrain smooth. So some people need a rugged thing made straight. Some people are being taken advantage of. You see the young people and elderly being taken advantage of in a terrible way. Some crooked uh, shenanigans going on. And people are saying, no, I'm going to help make this path straight for you. So people don't come and take advantage of you. And that is the path of the Lord that he's talking about. As we begin to find out which one of these things we can do, look, maybe you can only do that for one person or two people. Find a way that make a straight path for the Lord into people's lives. Because it's very obvious he is said to speak kindly, to comfort. It's actually a proclamation he talks about preaching the good news to people. And then the next verse, prepare the way. It's a very aggressive, intense passes of scripture because after you proclaim the message how many especially down here in the bible belt come on now you heard the message you people are talking the talk but are they walking the walk and i feel like just to encourage you all and to also to honor those who've gone before us i have seen with my own eyes for decades now living in israel people pioneers that have gone before us who have made a path straight for congregations, for us, and ministries for us to inherit and pass on even, I believe, to the next generation. But I want to encourage you also that it doesn't stop with you. And until the Lord returns, this is our calling, every single one of us, to make this path straight. And I love the ending of this scripture. This whole passage talks about those who were, will knew their strength will soar as those with eagles. So it, it, you, you see the beginning of, of a struggling and a crooked path and a road. And, and we don't even know if there is a road. But then at some point, we see people flying into their destiny that God has for them. Just because you moved things out of the way for people. You filled a gap in somebody's life that they couldn't themselves. That's what we've been seeing for 45 years in Israel. And that's what I want to commend and charge each of you to. Shalev, this is your bar mitzvah passage. And I believe the Lord is calling you to be one of those who prepares the way. It doesn't have to be some kind of super spiritual mumba-jumbo in your life. It can be the most practical thing that you can do to help somebody. And those small acts of kindness will ripple. I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but when you do that for the right reason, and you do it because you know this is preparing the way for the Lord. This isn't just me doing something nice for somebody. This is doing something so the glory of God will be revealed by Eretz Israel and in the nations. Thank you all.
I caught Kevin off guard here. All right, wonderful. I'll move to the podium there. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing to hear. What a blessing to hear from Israel and to hear what's going on. Thanks to both of you. You know, uh, so very, very true. You all know that the information you get from the, <laughs> the traditional media is not, it's typically not complete. Let's say, let's just put it nicely. It's incomplete in Israel. And and to hear from someone who is right, right there on the front lines, literally in the land, uh, is, is very meaningful. We need to keep Israel in our prayer. Moses doing such a, a wonderful job uh, amongst the Ma'amanim and amongst the, the people in Israel. And uh, and it's a blessing to have them here and to hear also Kobe's charge, really. It's a, it was another charge. It was a charge to Shaleb, but it was a charge to all of us, really, uh, about what we should be doing right and helping to prepare the way. Uh, and so thank you for sharing that, uh, Kobe uh, and, and Shani. Wonderful, wonderful always. And uh, I, I really ha- I have a kinship with them uh, as, as inheritors of those uh, Chalutzim who have walked before us because our families are similar in that way. Uh, and so I know that I'm standing on really tall shoulders, uh, as much as you expressed as well. So thank you so much. A real blessing. I'm going to call Bruce back up. And actually, Shalev... You can come on back up too because it's time for the Kiddush and the Hamotzi, Nachon? Shalev? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethalel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, nine, nine.